live in Queens, New York. I am an avid soap opera fan. I also enjoy the oldies, jazz, and Latin music. I just want to have a friendly time in here. I mean, he sounded completely unhinged. Guys, guys, guys. I feel pretty good. I think okay. I made a lot of feedback there, so I'm pretty down. It could be me. Let me know. Well, try turning it up. I'm all the way up. Yeah, always all the way up. <laughs> so I called Mike. I know the last call he made. He sounded completely unhinged. Well, it looks like he might have called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. We'll see if he shows up. I don't know where he's at these days. Oh, because you didn't talk to him since last week? Yeah, when he hung up on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to that show yet. I'm still working on the week before. I couldn't bring myself to listen to I, It's not my thing, you know what I mean? Comedians are the modern-day philosophers. Comedians are the modern-day philosophers. Comedians are the modern-day modern 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 philosophers. No, it's no, certainly not. Party Wang is the... Uh, no, it's no, certainly not. Yeah, I'm extremely hot. It's no, certainly not. Mike, you there? Yeah, I was just going to let everybody know I'm uh, taking August off. Okay. <laughs> too hot to sit in this room. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm uh, extremely hot, too. And... I, I called uh, Fredericks earlier, but uh, I don't know if you got the message. What? Oh. I'm, taking, um, I'm taking August off. I didn't expect this thing to go this long, to tell you the truth. Me Can't you get yourself your Japanese fan out? The nice one with the butterfly on it? I'll leave I'll leave it on in the background and I'll jump in if I Alright, that'll uh, be good. Yeah, ice pack on the forehead and the back of the I, neck. Do I sound better at least? I mean You sound yeah, way better. better. I mean I didn't do anything differently. <laughs> well, your connection varies tremendously. Loud and clear, yeah. I guess so. All right. Well, All carry right, on. Well, carry on. Very good. Hey, Mike, can I ask you a quick question first yeah. about the, yeah, I, I've been meaning to ask you this a while. Uh, I, quite a while ago when I was going through the Best Show archive, uh, like a, maybe two months ago, something like that, I came, were you present when that Stevie Blue was in studio? Yeah. What's your recollection of that? Was that guy completely unhinged? Well, that was probably the most precarious situation because... You know, Tom tells me to go upstairs with him for a while. He doesn't want to be oh. distracted, you know? Yeah. So I had, I had to bring him, you know, up a couple floors. And um, he was just going to sit in the kitchen up there until we needed him. And the, one of the first things he tells me is that he just came from uh, court for, for a domestic issue. Oh, You know? So, you know, of course I didn't tell Tom this. You know, that would have freaked him out probably. <laughs> But, uh, you know, yeah, he went into this lengthy, uh, stammering defense of himself, and he shouldn't have been there and all this. And I was like, oh, boy. Can you specify what happened? Well, it was a, with a, his wife, I believe, you know? It was a, some sort of domestic uh, violence type thing. Oh, okay, so he beat his wife. Apparently, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't explore for further details, you know. As soon as he said, I just got back from court and a domestic issue, I'm like, all right, you know, that's enough information. I don't need more, you know. Yeah. But it, it didn't sound uh, good, and it, it sort of gave me some, you know, I was a little concerned about what we had in the studio, you know. Yeah. That, that show went well, though, for the most yeah. part. 
yeah, it was very entertaining. But was that the closest like you were ever on that show? Because uh, the reason I ask about it is the last call he made, at least as far as I know, the last call he made, he sounded completely unhinged. Like he was going on about how he met somebody who had some uh, connection to Martina McBride, and like you said, he was like kind of like stammering a lot, and he just sounded like he had been let out of a cage before he made. He's the a call. hyper, yeah. He's a hyper guy, and uh, yeah, he was still, you know, following that dream, I guess, songwriter dream, you know. How old was your place to Matt? He's probably about my age, you know. Uh -huh. I mean, how many years ago was that? I can't even remember how long. I'd that. say that was like 2006 or seven, probably six. Yeah, six probably. So yeah, I guess he was like in his mid 40s then. Okay. As were you. Yeah, as was I. Who was the guy who called in about a year or two ago? Um, I guess he was a former caller, and he said that his life had been his his life was um in shambles and uh I don't know if that was that was C D blue or that was someone else, uh maybe Captain whatever. Captain Jack Captain Jack was yeah, he was the one who flipped out with the sending the kid with the fish. And that yeah. really happened. There was, that was a child with a cooler and the kid was in a costume and stuff? Yeah, it was weird. I mean I you know, I wasn't threatened by it. I just thought it was weird, you know, and I thought the show was just getting stranger and stranger, and I'm like, all right, here's another new wrinkle, you know? We're going to have weird visitors. Tom for it at all, <laughs> And I, I think, you know, Tom was concerned about that, you know? I think, uh, and I think actually FMU in general is concerned about that. I don't think they really advertise the address on their website. Um, oh. Because I think they're concerned about weird listeners. Sure, walking, yeah. Walking. Hey! Talking uh, radio personalities and so on. I did hear that Ken said that he doesn't have any couches or anything in there because he's afraid of listeners sleeping. That's not true. There's, there's a there's a beat up couch upstairs and DJs sleep on it. I think fairly frequently, actually. Well, that's probably how they get their shows. Yeah. Sorry. But I mean, there's you know the overnight guys and some of them have to come in earlier and you know I don't know how those guys do it those middle of the night shows. Yeah, well, and Clay stayed there for like two, three days or something. Him and uh, Julie. Oh, during Sandy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was quite the adventure. I don't know where they slept. And did the station go down at that time? I mean, I can't. I mean, I had no power, so I don't know. It was off air. Yeah. Off the air. Yeah. But so, Mike, was there ever a guest that you were like, well, I know you did say, and I, I probably would agree with you, you weren't, you know, you were sort of happy that Spike never turned up. I, I don't think there was ever a chance that that guy would have, though. No, like, that, yeah, he, he was all hot air, you know. Yeah, I kind of got the impression there might have been some social anxiety or something there, too, you know. And, but, and, and you know, he's, he's probably not going to even follow the podcast, you know. I mean, if there's there's uh, you know some sort of payment involved, you know. Oh, okay. All right. He wasn't he wasn't exactly a big pledger either, you know. Oh, really? With all the airtime he got on, yeah. No, he you know. Well, we heard he said he won the lottery. He won like ninety thousand dollars. No, no, he said he, he that was from an inheritance, I think, right? No, I think it was a lottery. I don't. He know. did he, the lottery at one point. Oh, he did. 
I, I thought he, he came into some money. No, and he, I don't recall. Oh, that. you don't remember that? Nope. But I, I do seen, recall him saying he won the lottery. And I recall properly, it was around ninety thousand dollars. I don't remember an amount, but I remember there being a lottery win too. Pretty well. So, Mike, was there ever a guest, whether like that you were like in studio, that you were like, Ugh, or was Stevie the Blue the closest to them? Yeah, Stevie Blue was yeah problematic, you know. Like, especially when he blurted that out, I was like, oh boy, you know. Yeah. You have here, you know. Uh, no, nobody else really. I mean, everybody was good, you know. I never had any issues with anybody. Todd Berry, but we won't what, what, What's this? The one guy acted weird. And Tom pretty much commented on it through the whole thing was uh, James, the James guy. He really did come in? Yeah, he was yeah. there. Yeah. Was he really it was a laying, six hour show. Was he really laying on the floor? Yeah, he was acting odd and he, he'd disappear for a while and then he'd come back and Oh, so that, I thought Tom was making all that up. Yeah, I, I barely remember that. I know I've heard the six-hour shows, too. That's weird. I'll, I'll, I'll try to listen to it again. Now, what's the latest with the show coming back? Is it going to be a pay format? I, I'm still not sure. You know, the, the last time that I spoke, he was talking about, you know, the, the big issue was finding a location. He had, like, a guy on the case. Um... There's another big secret project in the works that I'm going to be involved with to a degree. That'll be forthcoming. I think people will be excited about that. Big secret but, project. Okay. <laughs> well, Tom sort of... Told you to on, keep your hat on top of it. Yeah, has, it. has been on social media requesting things, so... Yeah. It's not so, it's not so secret, you know, but some, something's in the works. And uh, it's, a, it's a big, big deal, actually. And uh, I, I'm going to be involved, you know, like, you know, it's, it's not really about my involvement. And oh, that, like a Mike project? That was a very big, that was a very big hint. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, Mike, um, do you know the Grateful Dead song, St. Stephen? Do you know yeah. who it's about? I, I always imagined it was about St. Stephen, no? No, it was actually about, well, yes, he was a saint, but Stephen Gaskin, the guy that oh. started the farm down in... Oh, okay, this, yeah, this is sounding a little familiar. Yeah, he I, just passed away oh, a little did he? while ago, yep, 79. Yeah, he just brought this up so you could put in the, the notes yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> 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 I, I know where you're coming from, Frederick. Come on. I did it so smoothly, and now you got Yeah, you did. Fun. It was very good. And now you go, hey, look what he did. Look what he did. How did you even come across that information? In the obituary section. Yeah, yeah? Yeah. I read them every Sunday. What's the good one? What, what paper? Uh, the Tampa Bay Times used to That's... be the St. Petersburg Times. Does he live down there? Huh? Does he live down there? No, 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 no. On Sundays they do like the the big deaths of the week. Oh, okay. There's usually like six or eight of them. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah and that's where I get a lot of my topics is from reading the paper. Yeah. You remember those things, right? Yes. <laughs> I got yeah. all these articles today about the IRS and the CIA. Yeah. Going back and forth with each other, and the Senate. 
being spied upon. But so that Lois Lerner lady that had all her emails disappear mysteriously uh -huh. for supposedly investigating the uh, conservative groups, well, I thought about that. I said, well, her emails may be gone, but what about the ones she sent to people? They didn't all disappear, and apparently they didn't. And at least one email, she referred to some conservatives as crazies, and the others she called assholes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when uh, Republicans say that they were targeted by the IRS, that does lend credence. What do you mean? Well, there's the whole problem is that a lot of, I think they're 503C groups, nonprofit organizations. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of groups, when the Tea Party started getting big, started forming to raise money. And yeah. then the IRS kept putting up obstacles to them getting proper certification to receive funds. Yeah. And then they accused this woman in particular, Lois Lerner, of being behind a campaign that targeted them, and specifically conservative groups. And then other people said, no, she went after all these different 5013Cs or whatever the hell they are. And yeah. now it's turned out, and then her emails disappeared when they went to do an investigation. They just her computer okay. crashed and all her emails were gone but of course she sent emails to people and then one of them turned up in which she's calling the conservative groups crazies and assholes mm -hmm. yeah so so that the conservatives may have been right that this woman had a bias against them and was unfairly slowing down their uh receiving their tax whatever certification or status or however you would describe that so yeah. that's it it's just a continuing story i've been paying attention to it for a while now because i thought something bad was going to happen to her yeah it's just, uh... but of course i mean the logical uh liberal defense is well who are you going to investigate the people that think the government can do a lot of good are the people that think they shouldn't pay taxes. Who should the IRS investigate first? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what to think of that, really. Well, I think that if I work for the IRS and I needed tax money, the people that I would be the most concerned about are the ones that think that they shouldn't be paying taxes. But I, I guess the IRS is supposed to treat everyone equally, so... Ideally, it, yes. Yeah, so... Right. I understand the, the problem. And why the conservative groups are not happy, and why I'm yeah. not happy with her, because she's let, le lending credence to their paranoid ideas, which may not be that paranoid at all. <laughs> Sounds like they were right on target. Anyway, so that article gets to go. Yeah. I just wanted I wanted you guys to know. I felt like I had spoken. Except that any of these groups exist. I mean, these are non these are supposedly nonprofit groups. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're obviously. Oh. 
uh, associated with the political party, so I don't know why they should be non-profit in the first place. Well, because politics aren't supposed to be for profit either, Cormod. But it seems that it is for profit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of odd that, I mean, these, these groups basically seem like lobbying groups for, um, for certain politicians. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they that they have an effect on the the policies of certain politicians. So they all work hand in hand, the lobbyists and the politicians. Once you're a politician, then you can get. Once you're out of power, you can get a job for a lobbyist because you know yeah. how to do the ins and outs. It's you know it's all a, a giant uh, you know corporate you know yeah the revolving it, door one one hand washes the other and you think that the, these nonprofit groups would be you know volunteers who were I, I I doubt it's it's like that well no I I, I wasn't talking about nonprofit groups I was talking oh. about but I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking about the well they are groups. actually supposed to be social welfare groups yeah. You know, I mean, these, these are groups that are probably, you know, clamoring for lower taxes on corporations and mm -hmm. stuff. So, mm -hmm. right. So, and there, so. There's, there's, so uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's not really a, a uh, cause that would be sensible for someone to actually volunteer for. So you mean the people from the NRA that call me, they're not volunteers? You think they've been paid to call me? Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there are paid shows in these nonprofit groups. Um, Why well, is the well, NRA considered a nonprofit? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Social welfare is an armed citizenry. Is a safe citizenry. Yeah. I had a woman ask me if I, if uh, it was, it was one of those push polls, you know, where they really load the question, like, do you agree or disagree that. Uh, uh, President Obama is using scare tactics to take away people's guns. And I said, uh, you know, he may or may not be, but I know for certain that you guys are using scare tactics to influence people. And she hung up on me. Mm -hmm. I never get any calls like that, but I guess you yeah, either. You but, but, you know, you're living in politics. a swing state, so. Yes, I like that. It's nice to know there's lots of people with guns around you. No, it's the no, 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 no. I meant you live in a swing state, so. Oh, I thought you said police state. Oh no, but I don't mean. Well, my response is still accurate. <laughs> <clears throat> no, and it is the NRA is everywhere, man. Not really around here. Well, are you registered Republican? I think that's part of it. What do you mean? If you're registered Republican, then what? Then they assume or presume that you are a uh, pro-gun person. Yeah. Because they because they wanted to do a poll with people. It was a push poll. They wanted it so then they could say, oh, and our results said, you know, 75% of people that we poll believe that Obama is using scare tactics to take away our guns. But so that's why I wouldn't answer her question. And I turned it around on her. 
But then, you know, what happens is they just go, well, don't call him again. And they'll give their push-pull to somebody else. But I would yeah. recommend registering Republican if you want to get those kind of calls. <laughs> you register Republican to get those kind of calls? No, that isn't why I registered Republican, but it's worked out that way in the law. Wait, wait, why did you register as a Republican? That doesn't make any sense. Why would I? Because yeah, yeah. there's actually two reasons. One is uh, there oh, were oh you you want to vote in primaries right I like to vote okay. in the primaries and I'd like to have my vote have an influence on who gets elected because voting as a Democrat most of the time you're just left out in the cold and I didn't want to be an independent because then you can't vote in those uh, primaries and things like that and I also wanted to be able to have an influence or at least you know whatever tiny influence but you know to vote for the person that I thought was the more moderate Republican. And the Democrats basically are pretty powerless, and when they do get in power, the, the ones that have been elected are decent people, so they don't really need me. But the Republicans are in desperate need of that. And then right, but wouldn't you, want, wouldn't you want to vote in a closed Democratic primary if there were a more liberal um, candidate than the one that... Uh, was ahead in the poll, and when you want to support that candidate? Oh, as far as the Democrats? Yeah. Cormac, we're lucky in a lot of these races if there's even a Democrat running against the Republicans. Oh. If you want to, if you want to learn something interesting, just Google District Five in Florida, where they it's a gerrymandered district, right out of the center of Florida that they yeah. gave to a Democrat so that she would go along with all the gerrymandering of all the other districts. It's crazy. And mm -hmm. the judge said that, basically. Um, I'm sorry, I kind of missed this. Are you explaining why you're registered as, as a Republican? Yes. So I've considered doing counted. that for years. I, no, I've considered doing that for years because uh, I'm registered as an independent. And in New Jersey, you can't vote in primaries as an independent. Correct. And there's no, then there's no point as a Democrat. So you might as well vote as a Republican to try and throw a wrench into something, I guess. Yes, because I understand up there you guys have a complete Democratic machine. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. Except for, you know, uh, the, the governor. Yeah. Job of the governor. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. It's fine, Stan. Do go on. I've... No, that was that was that was good and insightful. And also, my joke used to be after the 2000 election, as I registered Republican, so I knew that they'd count my vote. Wait, when was this that you registered Republican? What did you say? No, no, after the 2000 election, I said, oh, okay, yeah, you know, because they got rid of all those Democratic votes so that I could have my vote counted. Yeah. But you know what they say about a joke when you have to explain it and all that. So. I, I understood, but you're getting yeah. much funnier when you have to explain the joke in length. That's been established. Yes. Too long. <laughs> no, there is a comedian that does that, doesn't he? Whenever one falls flat. Hey, somebody's got the speakers up loud. Yeah. yeah. Say something. Okay. Something. 
I think it's, is it Stan? I, I don't know. I'm on earbuds, so I... Oh, okay, so it's got to be someone else. talk about the resonance of your head in the past, Stan. There's a lot of space up there. It's been established. Kind of like Pauline Oliveros when she went into that cistern. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got that one. And it was not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I love Pauline Oliveros. I'm sorry. She's <laughs> good. Yeah. She's Absolutely. a sound artist. Mm -hmm. Oh. And she likes to use reverb and drones and things like that. And she did record in an empty cistern with a couple other musicians. So a sound artist is different from a musician? Yeah, because yeah. the sound artist can't play a fucking instrument. Okay. <laughs> First bomb. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look how far in it. Well, we almost made it a half an hour. And actually, I was getting ready to make the week before last podcast uh, non-explicit because it was only like three wow. that I heard. Yeah. Well, you weren't there, Stan. That explains it. But then the, the ones that were used were quite effective, so I decided, at least at this point, I'm going to leave them in. Well done. Well, we'll see. So far, it sounds pretty good. That was ice. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Okay. Well, you know, you hear it when I'm out of iced tea. Oh, because you're, you're not. Your ice cubes jingle a little bit yes, more. Yes, when I've got fluid in there, you don't hear it. So, um, uh, if you'd like, you can uh, tell us about, oh, I'll tell them about. You ought to put it up here, Cormod. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, no? All right. No, what did you think of it? <laughs> I thought it was a great beginning, and I was, like, all ready for you to go into a... Yeah, I don't know anything about Chester A. Arthur, though, so... Oh, well... Oh, I, I, have a book, I have a book, though, on him. Yeah, so well, I, I can read. all right, well, that was a good uh, beginning, and I thought with Mike's parody of the True Detective thing, you're, you were doing your cutting-edge parody, you know, before it gets too well-known, you'll, you'll have been the first... Cormod sent me his, his preliminary Dan Carlin imitation show parody program yeah yeah if it's about chester a arthur you're you're right there man nobody's on top of that guy well, yeah you'd be shocked if you knew about what happened to the parents the parents turning off my mic now i i didn't determine whether it was chester arthur's fault or not but it was just um yeah, yeah I, I didn't really know how to I don't know how I'm going to connect the, the two incidents, yeah. or the, the incident and uh, Chester A. Arthur. But yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I, just, I, I just thought it'd be interesting to have, um, like, some ridiculous incident. You know, you know he, he yeah, Dan Carlin, in the beginning of his history podcast, he yeah. kind of tells a story yeah. and then connects it with something. And I, I just wanted to do something that was completely horrific and unrelated and have uh, him... <clears throat> And have him say it reminded him of some obscure historical subject. So. Huh. For some reason, I thought of you doing like one of those Paul Harvey type things. What's a Paul Harvey type thing? 
And that's the rest of the story. You guys don't know who Paul Harvey is. I know who Paul Harvey is. He used to be extremely well known. He died. Yeah, things quieted down after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his activity. You might know him as uh, he narrated an audio book on The Simpsons called Mr. and Mrs. Erotic American. I didn't oh. know that's not true, is it? Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I'm almost certain it was his own voice, too. Oh, my God. I mean, that's how I knew who he was. I, I mean, I guess that's how I knew who he was for before yeah, I knew. Yeah, see, I'm showing my age again. You, got, you guys have um, cable on demand? Where? No. No. Well, the Simpsons are, or uh, every episode of The Simpsons is going to be available. Um, when, when does that start? Uh, October, September. Okay, yeah, I'm, I, I might be house-sitting for my sister at that point. If, 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 if she doesn't live far from here, if that's yeah. going on while I'm... Uh... And she has, she has on-demand uh, on her cable. Oh, it's not, wait, it's on-on-demand. It's not just on that FX. Oh, oh like, it's, it's, it's going to be... No, it's, it's going to be on the channel, but... Um, if you want to just pick and choose which episode you so want to watch. So you're going to be able to interact with the channel. Right. No, well, no, no. On, on no, the no, ones no. you can, on the other, you just got to deal with them rolling them out. But if they were, if it, they, if it was like the early years and you're going to get a bunch of people in someone else's house to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's cool. But unfortunately, if you're just watching them at random, it'll just be like, you know, there's a... Uh, good chance that you'll get one of the later episodes. Oh, they're putting them out of order? No, 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 they're putting them in order in the marathon, but I, I'm sure they will start airing Simpsons, The Simpsons constantly after that, so. Oh, oh, I'm sure, yeah, after, yeah, I'm sure you'll more often than not get the crummy ones, and I think yeah. that's what people want to see in a weird way, you know, like people are just casual fans, you know, they don't want to see the ones that are super old and they look funny and maybe their voices sound different or whatever. Yeah, I don't really get the interest. I mean, the why it's still on. Yeah, why it's still popular. Yeah, um, I don't either. Look at the competition. Yeah, I mean, I just probably just because it's it's adequate, I guess, and people are comfortable with it and familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, then other generations are into it by like their parents watch it. It's like, oh, it's the only funny thing my parents watch, so they watch it and. But, but I'm talking about the new episode. The, the new because it makes money. That's why it's still on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and big... the new episodes of South Park suck too. But you know what? It, it still makes money, and that's why it's still on. Because dumb people watch it. Oh wait, that's not a judgmental. I'm turning off my mic. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna get offended. I think. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody here who's a rabid uh, modern yeah, Simpsons fan. Was the movie any good? I didn't see it. I never saw it. It was not so good. I mean, yeah. I, I could sing you the Spider Pig song, but you saw that in the commercial, so you're done. You saw it. I think it was just dumb. Yeah. So sad. Yeah, it's... Um, I despair for the modern cartoon. Um, if H. John Benjamin isn't in it, there's no point in watching it anymore if it's a cartoon. Wait, right. yeah, I keep hearing my voice. That sucks. I'm sorry. Who, who has their, who has their, um... I'll try and turn down. I don't think it's me, is it? Better? I don't know. I can't see anyone. No, no, I still hear it. 
It's got to be some of the people on the... I suspect it's you, Cormac. Um... That's uh, who. It's your ears. Arf. It's the left and the right brain are separating. <laughs> it's not that. There's a slight time delay. Yeah, they parted ways long ago. But is that the Corpus Colossum or something? I don't remember. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, all right. What's what's that? I, I, I trying to remember. I think that might be the thing that connects the left and the right brain. Because sometimes okay. they cut them apart. Uh, I thought it was an episode of Blossom you were talking about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't watch Celebrity Wife Swap, but apparently uh, Jenna Von Oy, who was six on Blossom, was involved in it, and it was apparently a horror show. I am very... Someone's typing. I'm, I'm very confused. Oh, that's right. It, it, well, you don't have television. It's, yes, I do. 27 inch. Did you watch the movie that um, was... Yeah, did anybody do their homework? <laughs> I just watched the Marty Augustine scenes. Uh, I, I kind of ran out of time. And I, you know, it was 8 o'clock and I remembered, oh, I'm supposed to watch this movie. So I just watched... Uh, those those two scenes, the brisk scene and the uh, and the one in the coke bottle scene. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, I've seen it a shitload, but I watched it again mm -hmm. last night. I don't mind watching it again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, I honestly, oh, I shouldn't say I've seen it a shitload. I bet this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. It's one of one of my faves. And I also coincidentally watched, I think I watched this before, I think I probably watched this last Monday, I coincidentally watched uh, 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 an old-timey uh, Philip Marlowe movie, uh, uh, Murder, My Sweet, it's called, uh, and they were remarkably similar. Uh, Murder, like my, in, Murder, My Sweet, what was that, who, was, uh, who played uh, Marlowe? Uh, that old, that... What's his name? That old song and let me look up his name. Uh, the old song and dance man. Yeah. What's yeah, the Danny K? Dick Powell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Who? What? What's his name? Powell. Dick Powell. Yeah. That's okay. Great. That's a great movie. Yeah, that is a great movie. That's, and that's so weird that that dude was like in the 30s. He was like singing and then batting his eyelashes at those girls, and then he <laughs> he comes in and that, and he's like a tough guy. He's totally convincing. I think I might have seen that, but I gotta, I, I have to, I have to. Uh... It's good because it gets the humor across that are, is in the books. A okay. Lot of don't really cool. go for the humor, and the books are really funny. I think. I thought yeah. the Robert Mitchum uh, ones kind of had. That's a remake of Murder My Sweet. Yeah. Or it's the same story or whatever. What's it's it called? Right. Farewell, My Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, there, there were there were two. Um, I don't know if I don't think I watched the second one, but what's first one? The one, the one where he, um, what's the one where he goes in, into a bar at the beginning and, uh, and Charlotte Rampling's in it, maybe? It's all right. I think, I think, uh, Murder My Sweet's my favorite, I think. I think that it's my favorite after, uh, The Long Goodbye, which probably doesn't count because it's, like, made. Yeah, I mean, that's not, you know, Yeah, it's kind of, like, screwing with the formula a little bit. It's a yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, I mean, Marty Augustine isn't in the book. Which I, I think that's the best part of the movie. I, I love that that character. He's only in there for like 20 minutes, but kind of uh, 
kind of steals the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, Sterling Hayden. And, oh, Sterling Hayden. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. I should watch this, it. Well, dude just looks like he's a straight-up monster. And uh, I don't want to upset Korma by bringing him up because he was in The Godfather, too. Or, or I'm sorry, no, I, I, it wasn't Korma who was bitching. I was down last week. I don't want to... Okay. He was even the Godfather. Oh, or was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he was a big cop who punched Michael in the face. Wait, broke oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, that guy. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're not talking about Marty Augustine. You're, who, which character no, are you talking? Sterling Hayden, the giant, the man, who, the guy who was kind of like the Hemingway type in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Police, right? I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. <laughs> I, I like when he when he takes off his clothes, uh, <laughs> when and he's like has his pants like half down. He looks completely ridiculous. Yeah, he's just standing there with those giant pecs on him. Fun, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Take off your clothes. I, I like when when the when the goon Pepe says, uh, "I can't take off my clothes. I got so many scars." Yeah. <laughs> So Frederick, you didn't watch it? Oh, he, he's out. Oh, he's he clearly didn't watch it. Yeah, smoking a cigarette. In the he's in bracing the American spirit right now. Yes. Yeah, I don't have any much else to say about it other than I love it. I think Elliot Gould is so cool in it. I can't get over it. Yeah. And that's kind of weird. I mean that that. And I oh one thing that I thought before in that like uh, just one of those. Things where it's like, man, that that probably wouldn't. That part where he like does the Al Jolson thing in the in the like when he's being brought in by the cops at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. People would probably lose their minds over that that now, right? I don't rem I don't remember what you're talking about. I mean, I only watched the, but, but I, I do remember he was being a smartass to the cops and the. Yeah, he he uh, he was being fingerprinted and he rubbed all the black shit from his fingers on his face. <laughs> oh, okay. Like Danny or something, and it was like totally inoffensive. You know what I mean? But I was just I always whenever I see stuff like that now or like. I hear brown sugar on the radio. I'm like, man, I wonder if this would, people would lose their minds over this. Yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously they would. But what year was this movie? Early 70s? 73-ish, yeah, probably. I think 73 on the nose, yeah. Do you yeah, like Robert Altman, Stan? Um, uh, the things I've seen, I like. But my, my thing about what year it was is uh, you could still see like blackface and warner brothers cartoons uh, on you know tv local syndicated television you can yeah. still see little rascals episodes because you know dr william cosby hadn't bought them all so you could never see them again for the overt, overt racism that was Wait, he, he bought those. he bought the little rascals episodes so no one could see them so they couldn't be released Again, because there's just, uh, I remember hearing that years ago. Oh, I don't know if it's true, but but yeah, those things were ridiculously racist, you know, left and right, up and down. A have you seen them? Okay, Panky! <laughs> no, I, I'd never really seen them. When they're baking the cake and, and Stiney goes to like wipe the sweat from his brow and like flick it at the white wall and his sweat. Right? Is black like it's black paint? Come on, it, it's just it's it was really over the top.
Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, I heard this story the, so much. Oh, okay. Anyways, okay. um, Mike is two weeks behind on his masses movie talk. I thought this might be an appropriate time for us to get updated on that. So oh, he's, he's sleeping in the other room. We're watching a Mets game or something. <laughs> Google says the little rascals never exist. <laughs> you can't prove it. They're down they, the they memory hole. <laughs> this week it was a midnight run. How did it do? Okay. How did it do? It went over okay, but people were talking. People were supposed to sit there rap watching it. Is that the one where you mentioned that uh, 80s movie soundtracks were as bad as 80s yeah, I uh, mean, music? I, yeah, because it's actually, all bad. It's bad synthesizer all over the place, right? Yeah, I love that though. That's not like a thief. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It's not Tangerine Dream doing the soundtrack in Midnight Run. That's the whole thing. Reminded me of Beverly Hills Cop. Cop. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Classic 80s sound too. I like that. No, that's that's no, that's no Tangerine Dream. But Mike, yeah, it's still good. What, like the movie, I, I saw a movie once that I don't understand the appeal of that the the score of like that uh, it being so 80s it it took a lot away from it was the Tootsie. Yeah. That had like a super 80s kind of incidental music in it that I was just like how like it it just it it, it was another layer that made me confused as to how people could have ever enjoyed that movie. I guess I guess that like during a particular period of time, like the people who are doing the sound and the music for movies, it's like a small group, and so yeah. like all the movies start to sound the same, you know? Yeah. I guess, I guess now it's like the big sort of bombastic. That's the sound of this decade, you know? And yeah. It's over, like overkill. It's all overkill. So, now. Um, what's that? What's that movie? What's that sound from? What was, uh, the um. Kill Bill. Christopher Nolan uh, movie. Uh, I think it would be Inception. Yeah, Inception. <laughs> I keep hearing an echo. What was that? You guys hear that? <laughs> Maybe I, I may be breaking out the Looney Tunes uh, collection for masses. Are you going to play the racist ones? Well, <laughs> I don't know if there's some racist ones on there, but it's those box sets they were putting back, putting out a few years ago. I've got about five of them. Like, like, I bet that'll be, like, the biggest hit yet. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys are already talking about it, so, I, yeah, I think that's kind of the, And it's just, like, so absurd. People are going to walk into the bar and bug twenties on, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna go over great. But Mike, that has the extreme violence that captures the people's attention. <laughs> Actually, you know, there was this. I mean, I, I didn't even watch Midnight Run while I was playing, hardly, you know. And uh, there was one particular sequence where uh, Joey Pants was talking about how everybody <laughs> was telling him to go fuck himself. That went over pretty well. That got that got the biggest laugh. <laughs> What about the week before? What did you play then? The week before I played, um, Raging, you know, it wasn't Raging Bull, was it? Yeah, I think it was Raging Bull. I played Raging Bull. 
no, I pulled that, no, the week before was Lazy Saddles, and, and that was that was the requested, and that went over well. The guy promised he was going to bring it in? Well, yeah, he finally did bring it in the, the week I brought my Netflix copy in, so he had two uh -huh. in case In case one went bad, we had a backup. <laughs> and that did fine. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got the classic racist sequences in it that, you know. So that seems to be the theme for this part of the show, that is racism. Again. <laughs> Don't anybody mention do rags, please. Well, actually, actually, I, I, I mean, I, I hope this guy. I mean, for the last three weeks, week, both days, both weekends, you know, for the last three weekends, I've basically been babysitting this guy, who's having like a midlife crisis. He's, he owns a bar himself in, in Union, and actually, he's good friends with Chuck Wepner. Chuck oh. Wepner. Chuck Wepner considers him like a, like a son because, you know, he lost a brother, he lost his parents, you know, he's sort of alone now in the world. And, okay. and uh, he, knew, he knew his parents very well, so he promised to, you know, watch over this guy. Because, he, you know, he's had some trouble. He's been in and out of jail over different things. But uh, he's owned his bar for like 20 years. I actually went out there. One time Chuck Wepner did a, a little speaking thing out there, and I went out with a bunch of people. And, you know, he's been running this bar, but, you know, every once in a while he goes on a drinking tear. And, you know, he's been in and out of rehab and stuff. And so now he was on one of his binges. He calls them his binges. And literally he'll just drink. He drinks, like, all day long, and but he takes breaks. The main problem he has is he can't sleep. He can't sleep. He claims he can't sleep, like, longer than two hours. So, you know, he'll drink for a while. He never gets drunk. I've never seen him, like, get really drunk, even though he's drinking. He's drinking, like, a beer with, like, shots, continuous shots. This week it was um, that fireball shit that everybody likes. Yeah, 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 with cinnamon in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how you could have drink more. Yeah, not, every, not everybody likes it. That's, that's, I mean, it's, you know. It's just horrible. I mean, you can drink it all all night long. It's just, but why would you want to drink something that's sweet like that? I don't know. But anyway, he was drinking that this weekend, and you know, he orders food in, which is good. You know, I get to eat, and you know, I'll have some food with him and stuff. But it's it's a little tiring just because like you got to spend time with him, and he gets into this thing where he's just like repeating himself. You know, oh, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. He keeps going on. If only I could sleep. You know. You need to teach him about the Kundalini serpent. Yeah, well, you know, I tried to make some suggestions, you know. Or, 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 or hook him up with some of your pillhead customers, you know. They're well, he, yeah, he, he finally managed to do that on his own, and, and somebody hooked him up with the Valium, and I guess that was the longest sleep he got for like four hours, he said. Um, and I think he was, he, you know, he was making a connection there for more Valium. But, you know, on Sunday, he was making arrangements to go back to his bar. Sorry. Because, you know, he's got responsibilities there. You know, he's got to make bank deposits and paychecks and stuff before they start turning stuff off. And um, so that was the last I heard. Somebody was, another bartender was going to give him a ride yesterday. I hope he made it because I don't want to deal with him on another weekend, just kind of continuous. Because he's there through my whole shift. You know, so I had, you know, I had over... What did I have? I, I had uh, six and nine, 15 hours of them this weekend. Wow. That's a lot of time to spend with some. Well, you no, know, that's not true. I mean, oh I, he goes home, 
he goes home for these breaks, you know, but then he comes back. So I'll see him like two or three times during a shift. And yeah, he just, oh, I just want to get some sleep. You know, he just goes on and on. And, and when I was leaving on Sunday, there was this other guy came in who, this guy, I knew this guy was trouble the first time. He just, you know, some people just give you that vibe. You know, this guy's trouble. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, he comes in and uh, well, here's the weird thing. You know, like, like, like most sort of semi-violent or violent guys, He's like very sentimental, and he likes to put, he likes to play uh, the jukebox, right? Which the guy who relieved me hates when people, play, you know. And it, it was early too. I, I prefer to keep it quiet during the day myself. So he starts playing the jukebox, and what does he start off with? I'll be there, Jackson Five, and then he goes, <laughs> and he goes into Ben, which you know. I'm, I, 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 I told, you know, the source of that song, he didn't even realize that song was about a rat, you know? I think I think a, of, he thought it was his brother or something. I don't know, but uh, but here's the thing. He's sitting next to the, the guy who's having a hard time. <laughs> and, 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 and back around Easter time, you know, uh, he was on one of his, uh, another one of his binges, this guy Joe. Joe's, Joe's the guy, the bar owner. Okay. And Joe was on his binge back in uh, March, and uh, he was there one night, and that guy and his girlfriend were there. And eventually, I guess, they met up outside, and uh, they exchanged numbers. And the next day, uh, you know, he had sex with her. <laughs> and then, apparently, the, boy, the boyfriend, this, this, the other guy's name is Mike. Wait, wait, wait. Why don't we call him bar guy and violent guy? Oh, uh, no, no. He's Mike, Mike is the violent guy. Yeah. Mike, Mike is the guy who, But it was his wife that went... No, it wasn't his wife. It was like a girlfriend. And you know? she went with the bartender. And, and she went with the bar owner. He's a bar, bar owner. owner. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah. they had a little get-together, and, you know, they had, you know, it's mutual. You know, they got together, they had sex, and that was that. Oh. Uh, but uh, somehow I think this Mike guy got got wind of it, and he, I think he eventually ended up beating the woman. Oh. It, was, it, was in, it, was, it was in the newspapers and all this. Oh no! Now, and, uh, so now you have those two guys sitting. So next now they're they're sitting right next to each other. On oh. Time, and I'm just oh. waiting for what's going to happen now, you know. And and Joe, I mean, you know, Joe, like I said, I mean, he, he goes on these binges, but he's still level-headed. He he never acts up when he's drinking, you know. He, you know. Wait, 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 wait. So Joe Puppy, is that who you're talking no, about? No, no, it's not no. Joe. Oh, okay, okay. No, it, it's the other guy. That's why I, I, I just, I just, so I didn't hear that. Bar owner and violent guy. That's what I'm calling. And actually, Joe is like my age, or we're the same age, you know. Okay. But uh, yeah, so the, yeah, the. The air was thick for a while there, and then Joe just, well, well, first Mike goes to him, he's like, you know, I just want to have a friendly time in here, you know. Friendly time. He's like, I don't want to fight, you know, I used to fight. You know, I'm like, what is this, prelude, you know, say, say you don't want to fight, and then the next thing you know, you're going to be throwing a punch at this guy. Foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the guy who's the bar owner or the guy with the girlfriend? No, this this is the violent guy, Mike. Yeah, see, that's he, he, he's making a little speech about how you know he, he, he used to be violent. <clears throat> he he just comes in to have a you know a good time. Yeah, he used to be a violent uh, a couple of days ago when he beat his wife uh, right. girlfriend. 
he's, he's only here for a, a friendly time with a good time. He, he, you know, the fists aren't going to be coming out, you know. But he has to make this declaration to the guy who screwed his girlfriend. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was tense for a little bit there. And then finally, Joe left. And, uh, and then Mike left for some reason and disappeared and all his songs were playing. Oh, and you had to listen to him for the next half an hour? Yeah, he segued uh, Michael Jackson into a contemporary country. <laughs> so, Mike, when you thought the tension was building, are you, like, reaching for, like, a fire extinguisher or something? No, I'm just sitting, I'm on, on the completely opposite side of the bar, and I'm oh. just like, what's going to fucking happen now? You know, I was just... Is there a weapon behind the bar, like, in case you... Can... We've got a bat. Um, okay. uh, we've got a golf club now. Ever since the robbery, we've, yeah, we've got well, sorts, I thought about that. <laughs> we've got all sorts. As a golfer, of as a golfer, I what what sort of club do you have? Is, is it, it a wood, wood or, or a wedge? What do you have? Oh, a wedge. Yeah. Nice choice. <laughs> I, I, I can get right behind that. Will, will that take a person's? Uh, will that bash a person's head? Is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, probably. Also remove part of this person's skull. Corpus colossum. Oh yeah, right out. Oh, yeah. But anyway, that was the end of that, and you know, it it it, it ended badly. Both parties. Uh, so this jerk off, he um, beats his girlfriend, but doesn't beat up the guy who fucked his girlfriend. Well, I, I don't know how how firm he he knew, how that much information he knew. I mean, I think he, he suspected something went down, but I don't think he had the hard evidence. Oh, so he just beat his girlfriend for... <laughs> yeah, he, he knew she disappeared at a certain point during the day, I guess, and surmised something. You know, she was out of out of touch for a while. But uh, What you would call a beating, the government would call an interrogation. And I guess he does, too. Yeah, I guess. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's, I, I'm not condoning anything. I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. He, he just tortured some folks. That's all. <laughs> he, did, he did have good news that uh, his wife was back talking to him and his kids, his kids uh, they weren't talking to him for a long time like now wait is that violent guy or bar owner violent guy oh okay. so violent guy has a girlfriend and a wife yeah he's got a wife and he's got kids but they have a girlfriend they've, they've all had it with him you know oh, okay so they're like separated yeah well yeah they're divorced uh, Oh, okay. But, but he, you know, he stays in touch with the kids. He tries to, and then... <laughs> and, 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 then uh, and then they don't talk to him. Frederick. <laughs> yeah, Frederick's finding that funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep him within arm's reach, you know. I like to keep the kids around. Shut up, kid. <laughs> but so now, uh, speaking of torture... Guess who's following me on Twitter after all these years? Mike. <laughs> oh no. Mike. How did he know? I don't know. Terry Pickett. <laughs> you you mentioned his name earlier. Oh my God. See, he, I'm he, afraid of that stuff. He beamed in on me. He found you. Let's go down the show. I live in Queens, New York. I am an avid soap opera fan. <laughs> I also enjoy the oldies, jazz, and Latin music. Oh. Oh, he's brought hey. in his taste. I never heard him mention that before. I'd like to know what jazz is. Yeah. And not all Latin music, because, you know, Jenny from Block. Of course, he's got the dead-eyed stare. He just, oh, he just, he just followed a number of uh, 
best oh, show. Okay. <laughs> I never heard him mention that before. I'd like to know what jazz he did. Uh, you followed uh, Hodgman and Terry T. Uh, oh. Fogelnest and Samir. What the hell? He didn't well, actually listen to the show. I mean, he must right? be missing the best show. I think he's ready for it to come oh, wow. back. It sounds like he was listening to this. Who knows? Maybe he is one of these people. Yeah, yeah. Tanny Lacey Monk. Maybe that's him. It could be. So, can I go back to my torture memo now? Yeah, sure. Say hello to Spike first. Hi, Spike. Hi, Spike. Hello, Pat. Um, no, so uh, there has been a document now circulating amongst the White House staff in which the CIA is admitting that they kept the techniques they were using secret from the government or their oversight agencies. Yeah. And this only came to light at this point because the White House accidentally emailed it to an Associated Press <laughs> reporter. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> A 6,300-page Senate report. Holy moly. Well, that eclipses my dumb internet moment of the week. Why? What did you do? No, I didn't. Um, apparently there's this Russian soldier who's like really into social media and Instagram and stuff, and he posted pictures of himself, and somebody got the GPS coordinates, and he's actually in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, oops. Yeah. So uh, Russian attention horror soldier, you know, took the insignia off his uniform, but kept posting on Instagram or whatever the hell. Oh, my God. Russian soldiers who aren't very bright post on. Right, and so, they're yeah. not even supposed to be over there. Those are rebels. Right. It, it, it was basically proof that, you know, they... Russia's so. behind the whole damn thing. That was fun, but it wasn't six. It wasn't six thousand pages of fun. That's you know. That's How did it? So when you send an Instagram, it gives the GPS. Uh yeah, apparently. Huh. Or not, not that you can. Not that you as an Instagram user can probably find it, but if you know, if you can enable your location on there. Yeah, and and or you. If you're not very smart and you're in a country you're not supposed to be in, shooting down planes. Mm -hmm. Oops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So not that he was where they shot down the plane, but he was, you know, well within the borders of Ukraine and stuff. There you go. Fun stuff. Fascinating. Eastern European fun. <laughs> it's as ubiquitous as the Grateful Dead in this Skype chat. That's right. <laughs> where did it say that? I don't see that. I just had to say Grateful Dead, so it would be tagged. It's a thing. It's what we do. Sometimes. Yeah, I generally tune out when you guys start talking about the Grateful Dead. Well, we're done, so. Oh, yeah. You could look up Stephen Gaskin. He's no, I, I don't. You don't want to know about one of the few communes that worked out and actually. No. Well, that's actually kind of interesting, but. Uh, yeah. You know, the other Grateful Dead minutia, I yeah, don't Yeah, no, really I'm not going to talk about Jerry's third solo in the middle of uh, yeah. Dark Star. We're not going to do that to you. Well, we already lost somebody just like that as soon as I said that. So who, who did we lose? I think it was Brian. No, Brian's still, oh. Yeah. No, see? I shouldn't no, have said that. Dark Star, he always does that. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, forget it. Check back later when you guys aren't talking about the dead, maybe.
Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Okay, well, and the other report, which I don't think was sent by mistake, is that um, the CIA did spy on the Senate. This is a follow-up to a previous mention I had made a yeah. month or so back. Well, now they have evidence. But I understand that they don't want to push forward with any sort of punishment. And I wonder Well, why. because there was, a, there was an official apology, wasn't there? Uh, so the, the uh, guy sorry, we uh, didn't. And then, <laughs> I, I don't know news, right? I, I don't remember the guy's name, but is that, that's who you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, John Brennan, and he did apologize. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it's all okay. No harm, no foul. What, what did um, I mean, Netanyahu, um, he, he recently, uh, the, the thing he said to the uh, John Kerry, I think, he said, like, never second-guess me again, or never second-guess Israel again, or, or something like that. It was really strange how, you know. Who's in charge? Yeah, yeah, who's in charge? Is if, it, that, uh, if that wasn't the exact quote, it's really close to it. I heard that on the news, too, so, yeah. Let me see you. I hear my voice. Yeah, well, I, yeah, you're going to do your Netanyahu voice? I don't have a Netanyahu voice. It sounds just like Dan Carlin. Go ahead. Never second guess me on Hamas. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's the boss. The United States is the. Oh, okay, fine. So, should Obama start giving Hamas weapons then to balance out the power? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that would go well. Well, I mean, you worked with Iran and Iraq, remember? 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 Well, now, technically, it wasn't the government that armed Iran. It was Ali North and his Yahoo. Well, yes, they were. Included Ronald Reagan. And technically, they had government jobs. Big air quotes there, but you know. Well, and was, and the approval of the president. Well, he was one of their yahoos. <laughs> so that's the government stand. You're saying that Reagan was not part of the government either. This is all just a private oh, no. transaction. It's like a side job. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, they were just moonlighting, you know. So maybe they didn't pay tax on everything. you got to really break their balls over everything, Frederick. Come on. I know, and those IRS people, we already Sorry, know how now. dirty they are. They'll make stuff up. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh yeah, I, I, was, I was watching a uh, Ken Burns' uh, documentary on Prohibition. I thought that was really interesting. Did how there was, there was such a, I mean, there was such a big movement towards this one thing. And the, the, the people in the anti-saloon league were also for all these other things. Like, uh, I mean, they had all these progressive causes. And I feel that if they focus their energy on one of these causes instead of prohibition, they, they, would, have got, they would have done a lot for the country. But instead, they, they focused mainly on prohibition, and that was a complete failure. And... Uh, but help the economy by allowing organized crime to generate huge amounts of money that flew back into the economy. Yeah. Well, it's uh, market economics right there. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's why the, um, 
Did you see any parallels between, uh, or how far, are you done with it now? Um, I'm, like, I'm on the last episode, I'm about, you know, third of the way in, so. It was, um, they, they focused a little on Al Capone, um, they focused on one guy who was the biggest, uh, bootlegger in the country, and how he, he went to jail and his wife stole all his money, and he ended up, uh, when he got out of jail, he, he, he went back to his mansion, and he found, like, the mansion stripped clean of everything. And, he, and then and his wife wanted a divorce, and as he's um, in a taxi cab or something, on the way to, to the court uh, to, to settle his divorce, he sees his wife. So, 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 so he asked the taxi guy, the, 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 guy, the um, driver, the guy, the guy driving the taxi, he, he asked him, uh, stop in front of uh, her car to, 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 you know, and he gets out, he kills his wife. And this guy is such, it was, before he got into bootlegging, he was this um, very talented attorney. And he, he, he goes into court and he, def I mean, he gets, he gets arrested for murdering his wife, but he goes into, um, he represents himself in court and he um, makes a temporary insanity play. And he gets off. Mm. Yeah. He, he was actually the first one to, to, to use a temporary insanity play in U.S. history. And this was, this was actually before um, he, he used it in a uh, murder case and the, the guy didn't get off. But when he used it in his case, um, he got off. And it, it didn't... And it helped that, you know, this, this was in Cincinnati where he operated, that the trial was set, and the people liked him. Mm. And they said, they, 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 uh, one of the jurors said something to the effect of that uh, he had such a bad Christmas last year oh. that we thought we'd reward him this year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm moving to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the KKK were also in favor of prohibition. Yeah, you're right. Um, and there was actually this, uh, I, I guess there's, you know, these wet and dry factions in the Democratic Party. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, I'd like to go back to what Dougal's mention was, because I thought when you said, I, why, I don't know why they picked Prohibition, but my thought did go to that was because they were able to get some support from people on the other side of the aisle. And yeah, well, it, they it was, could agree on. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it was kind of creepy. They 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 kind of uh, capitalized on anti-immigrant uh, sentiment. Well, that's where I was trying to go to because I was going to ask you if they had pointed out the connection between that and marijuana. Oh uh, well, no, no, marijuana wasn't well, mentioned. to that but, point, but yeah. Oh, uh, but, but 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 yeah, I mean, the Irish came over and they were big drinkers. The Germans were big drinkers and. Yeah, and people didn't like these these did these immigrants coming into their um, <clears throat> coming into the country and kind of just it was it. it was mainly the Irish though. That's why yeah. they got paddy wagons. But but a lot of the Ger I mean the Germans um, uh, it was pretty much it was after World War One that everybody got anti-German. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, you know. Classically, nobody liked the Irish. I mean, the English didn't. And it's 
It was a whole thing, you know. And there's even some of that in Warner Brothers cartoons. There's racism for everyone there. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, is it in the Ken Burns thing that at the opening they talk about how like they they're sort of like yeah we don't really know I don't they probably have some expert come on and be like yeah we don't really know what it is in man that like all societies have kind of had something that would make them want to some elixir or drug or something make them want to get out of their head right is that um, in the Ken Burns thing yeah, well yeah um but it's uh. And then they talk about how wasted the founding fathers were. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. Agree that George Washington's beer—if you brew it by his recipe—it's a 10.9 APV, which is more than double, like a Budweiser or a Coors. Well, I mean, I mean, they, they were talking in the beginning of the documentary. They were talking about how, um, in in the early days of uh, the U.S., uh, most people just drank beer. And, uh, you know, the alcohol content was really low, like 2%, 3%. And then um, rum and uh, whiskey became popular. And that's when it was starting to have an effect on uh, households. And and uh, it, was, it was sort of the start of, of women... Um, Getting tired of getting hit by their drunk husbands. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well yeah. women being involved in social reform. Okay. Uh, they, they generally, I mean, be, before this, they really didn't have much of a voice, and then when they they got together in this uh, in this cause, they, um, I mean, a lot of them felt like they had a lot more power in society, and that was. Yeah, that was before they had the right to vote, right? Yeah, I, I think that was. Uh, 1920s when the uh, 21 something like 21, that, yeah. early 20s yeah yeah well I did want to mention about the the wet and dry counties about the uh, agreements between the churches and the bootleggers though there was established stuff that because the bootleggers liked the churches preaching against it because then they were able to sell their moonshine and they would make hefty donations to the mm -hmm. churches yeah. They had a nice little system worked out. Yeah, I mean, all these criminals became rich. Because, I mean, Al Capone wouldn't have become, uh, you know, insanely rich if you if, he, if there weren't for prohibition. So yeah, he had a place in Newport Ritchie. Oh really? Yeah. My, my great grandfather made like the bulk of his money during prohibition. He had a saloon. Uh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what, what is um? What where? You know? Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Okay. It's like down State Street in the corner of I forget what. but uh, uh, And it was a legitimate bar after Prohibition. And I remember when they sold it, it was like 69 or 70. Mm -hmm. It was like an old-timey saloon because it was literally from before the turn of the century, you know, 18 roof. 80s or something? Yeah, probably. Probably like eight, it was probably built in the 1890s based on the way it looked. Kind of. Wow. Yeah. So what? So what, pretty bad. What was it when yeah. the uh, prohibition was? He had to shut down his saloon. Did he run a uh, 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 what did they call those soda stands or whatever? 
Um, no, he just ran a fucking bar, and he traveled to Canada a lot to make deals and under the guise of going on hunting trips, and he'd bring back a lot of dead deer and elk and bear. Like, hey, I went hunting. And he did. He, he legitimately shot all those things because he loved doing that. But, um, yeah, that's I'm sure that's where all the whiskey came from. It's the right, Canadians. But, but God bless I mean, the Canadians. But if it was a prohibition, though, he couldn't have had it open as a bar unless it was, like, underground or something like a speakeasy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, no, everybody paid everybody. Apparently, at the time, the chief of police in Perth Amboy was so unimpressed with the handgun that my great-grandfather carried, because it was only a thirty-two automatic, that he gave him an old uh, police special, a thirty-eight, that was probably bought by Perth Amboy. Oh, man. It was the good old days, man. Yeah. In the... Um in, in the documentary, it, it seemed like it. I mean, it seemed like such a bad idea because it corrupted everybody. Um, every, everyone drank, so um, this is, so all these cops were now taking bribes. Well, you could buy judges because it was, you know, it was a victimless crime because you know it was so part of our culture. Yeah, no one, no one. Washington. Washington just brewed beer. He made Applejack, which was invented mm -hmm. in New Jersey, and that stuff is 80 proof. It sort of tastes of apple, but but it's you know it's whiskey. It's it's like it's 80 proof. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean only the the dry people thought it was uh, it was actually immoral. Um, I, most people just thought whatever about it. But you had these this small group of like fanatics who who. Uh, and it was, it was that. It was really weird. Is that the, the people who who voted into law were drinkers and accepted bribes from bootleggers and so forth? I mean, maybe they saw it as a money-making opportunity. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's why you go into office. Yeah, because that's how you make money in New Jersey. And it was crazy that the guy I was talking about before, um, he had paid the assistant to the attorney general. Thousands and thousands of dollars, um, and and this guy constantly assured um, assured him that he would never go to jail, and and he he, he would always give this guy money, and, and then the guy would assure him that he would never go to jail. But then when he was fine, and he said if, if you were convicted, um, it wouldn't matter, you would get off. So, so so this guy was convicted, and he meets with the with, with the assistant of the attorney general, and. And, and the guy assures him, oh, no, you won't go, go to jail. It, it's, it's not a big deal. And then the guy kills himself. The assistant attorney general kills himself but like a week or two later. <laughs> and and, and um, the bootlegger ends up going to jail. <clears throat> well, that didn't work out. No. Do you think he knew that if the guy went to jail that he would get killed, so he killed himself before? No, no, no. He killed himself because there was... Um, he, he was working in the Coolidge administration, but there was some corrupt. I mean, he was involved in some corrupt dealings in the um, Warren G. Harding administration, and he was uh, about to get in, you know, serious trouble for that. Oh. So he off himself. Hmm. Otherwise, he probably would have taken care of the bootlegger. 
maybe. I, I don't know how much power this guy could possibly have. I mean, if you're convicted, I mean, there was like 3,000 counts of him violating the Volstead Act. So I, I have no idea how this guy would just get out uh, and not end up going to jail. Yeah. Meyer Lansky's daughter said Meyer had some judge's uh, gambling debt. Mm -hmm. So he was able to avoid testifying at all during an investigation. Yeah. Um... And there was all, in, in Florida, I guess there was a blue legger, and he got his. Um, where did he get? Yeah, well, where did he get his uh, liquor? I think from from the Bahamas. Yeah, or Cuba. Cuba, yeah. I'm, yeah, no, there, no. there's actually a whole song about that. See you in C U B A. I was about going down there. Yeah, Bacardi. Bacardi used to be. They started. In, in Cuba, and they got kicked out when Castro took over. But yeah, it's huge rum producing nation where it used to be. It's sugar waste is what it's made out of. They had all this stuff after grinding all the cane. Frederick. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you fine. All right, I got one for you. Ready? Go ahead. Quality calling. FMU, you're on the air. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Tom? Yes. This is Fredericks, Newport Ritchie. And I, I'm curious about your world domination and if there was anything I could do to assist in perhaps a southern strategy. Hey, that's my first call. Um, yeah. Newport Ritchie, Florida. Same place Shamir's calling from. Shamir. I didn't know what his name was. You can't call from Newport Ritchie. Yes, I can. And assume, no, please let me finish. <laughs> and assume everybody knows where that is. That's me from Newport Ridge. <laughs> yeah. Where's that? I mean, it, well, it's not like Middletown. There's lots of Middletown. Yeah, good point there, Frederick. It's gotta be Florida, Tom. It doesn't. Well, where else is there in Newport Ridge? Anywhere that has ports. Right. Is it a port or a fort? <laughs> <laughs> well, what is this? What's going on here? Anyways. Your world domination, southern strategy. I'm right here. It's Frederick calling to the best show for the first time in, uh, October oh, okay. 2008. Wow. Holy cow. And you know, Samir's from Florida, and before him... Holy sycophants. Lori called. Holy sycophants. There was three phone calls in a row there from Florida. Oh, uh, was it right? She called earlier just before? I think right before, yeah. Or no, she yeah. called right after me. That's right, because then Well, she, somebody got that. And then... She, she said I was from Port, she thought of Port St. Lucie, but she had never heard of Newport Ritchie. I actually remixed that a long time ago. Yeah, and that's where most of the stuff from my soundboard came from. Not all of it. Yeah, it's pronounced, it's pronounced, it's pronounced, it's pronounced, it's pronounced. It's pronounced. <laughs> I kind of miss Lori. She was, she was one of the strangest callers. She came on, the first time she called, she came on with this agenda to talk about celebrity gossip, the type of which was never discussed in the show before. Uh, like uh, art and uh, one other thing, maybe like name dropping, like oh, yeah. fashion figures. Art never changed throughout the entire time she called. It was she was almost like Spike in that way. Oh, Mike, yeah. has she got uh, she got banned. 
No. She got banned? Wait, what? Well, she got the regular caller oh, B. Yeah, the regular oh, caller. Yeah. I guess she got upset by Yeah, that. where she couldn't call Dave. Well, she couldn't call. There was, and who else? Was Erica? There were like three or four people who callers couldn't call. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean that was good for the show. I, I was getting kind of sick of hearing Lori from Miami like every week. Yeah, she. It, I agree with that. Hi. They, they had to go. I mean, that was a. Tom did the right thing with that. Is it, they because he was right. They were just calling to check in every week, you know, and it was. But he he should have just instead of doing that band, he should have just let Mark not do been, it. been so welcoming to to all these all these sycophants. All these Holy sycophants. Who were who were the others that he that he banned? Dave? Yeah. I, I think he just said he banned all the regular calls, so Except for me, which was funny, and then I didn't call anyway. Well, I mean you're not like a sycophant <laughs> who, who who calls in and just has nothing to talk about. Yeah, well I did like that that time when uh, Tom said, So what's up, Spike? He goes, Nothing. That that happened like that seems like that's something that would happen like eight times. <laughs> well, I only remember it once. It was a good one. Yeah, it probably was more than one. Yeah, yeah. But well, so, I, I think Spike gets people ask why I don't call. Uh, people ask why I don't call. Uh, Have you yeah. ever? You've never called? Oh no, I used to call. Oh. I think I stopped in like 2004, mm. around there, and it never went well, and that's probably why I stopped. Uh, what would you have talked about when you called? I, I I wish I knew that because I would have. Heard, yeah, I, Mike just went through that. Yeah, I would have listened to you. I didn't remember. This is general stupid. Did nothing. Nothing good. It was when. It was when kind of anything went on the show because. Oh yeah, yeah. People did it, you know. Like open phones. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yes. And it got to the point where I, I think I called in from, I was on going home from work, and I, you know, I did. And he, he basically told me to stand up and say, say out loud on this train, I'm so sad. And I did it. And the whole train looked at me, and I sat back down. I was like, I'm not calling the show ever again. You're that, that, that that about to stand. What, what did you have to, what were you supposed to say? Yeah, that, you... that happened. I think that was, I think that. You were breaking up. We couldn't hear. Wait, do you remember yeah, the, well, the whole show? With, yeah. When, do you remember the show with Manute Bowl? Yeah. That? I think it was that one. Okay. Well, what what you, what you say? What do you have to say on the train? Or, uh, he broke up. He basically said, yeah, "Wait, you're." <laughs> oh God! He said, uh, "You're on the train." Well, <laughs> what? I'm I'm speaking. <laughs> no, you're breaking. Yeah, but you're you're breaking <laughs> up. It's yeah, not right. your fault. But it's almost at that point. Okay, how about that? Can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm not the yeah. guy. Yep. Uh, kind of. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Just cut to the chase and tell us exactly what you need to do. You stood up on the train and you said. <laughs> and he said. He said. To And the worst part is, I fucking did it. <laughs> and the whole train looked at, and the whole train looked at me, and I sat down and I thought to myself, I'm never gonna call this show again. <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. I probably would have done it too. That might have yeah. helped. 
Has anybody approached you about it? I just left work. Well, I, well, I'm not, I'm not you. I'm just leaving work for you. It might be a whole other thing, but I'm sorry, Fredericks. Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fredericks after immediately after leaving work, he takes out a flask and. <laughs> says, I'm so sad and lonely. Uh-huh. I hear pitching going on. Steve Lee Pitching going on? Yeah. No, no, we're, we're, we're talking about um, how Stan, uh, Tom made Stan stand up in the middle of a train and say, I'm so sad and lonely when uh, Stan called in one, one time. He made, he made me. There was an explosive collar on my neck that would have blown my head off. I had to say it. And everybody yeah. else in the train, too. And you saved a lot of people that day. Damn right. Do you remember this call, Mike? What no. What he's talking about was I, no. I may not have even been there. You weren't. It was like, it was 2004. Okay, yeah. You weren't, you weren't screener yet. It, it was... Might have been post Dave. Might have been the jackass after him, whose name I can't remember. Was it Matt? Matt. Yeah, that douche. Yeah. That was one of Mike's first big mistakes. Was picking Matt. What was my mistake? Mike picked pick Matt. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Mike's been there since the beginning. What? Hey. Wait, what? No, I haven't. Uh, you told the whole story about how you created the best show. Like you, don't remember. you had a hand in picking all the call screeners. Uh, okay, this, this is some sort of. Maybe that should be a new regular segment, Frederick's <laughs> Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, my, Mike actually wrote all the sharp linguistic bits. Uh. <laughs> It's, it's probably on the first Mike Skype thing. You told us I all think, about that. Somebody I, said, Mike, tell us how you started. Oh, oh so this, this is you taking something literally that someone scooping. I mean, every time was scooping around. And no, and I like that. And then when they couldn't carry the water, Mike had to finally step in himself. And he's held the position ever since. And the show has just gone up and up and up until it disappeared. Good job, Mike. Way to make the show disappear, Mike. Good job. Well done. I, I actually had a recent uh, revelation. And I thought I, I started call screening shorter after my uh, first my call in to Tom. I thought I, I called into Tom in December 2004. And it turns out I, I called in in uh, 2003. And so I, I didn't start for like over a year. I know, yeah, I know the. Right. The exact, the, I actually have the exact date now. It was February 2nd, 2005. And this is, this is the first time you uh, you called this about the Dinosaur Jr. thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, okay. I, I, I was on the, the, the board, the web board, and I guess uh, we got into it there, and then Tom called me out on the show, and then I called in. Yeah. And, yeah, but for some reason, I thought that was at the end of 2004. Turns out it was 2003. My memory's not that sharp. And so a whole year disappeared. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was a shorter lapse of time, but I, it was, it was over a year. It was a very good year. Yeah. No, 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 no. See, oh no, I'm sorry. I, when I was going through this stuff, I figured I'd take notes on some of this stuff. <laughs> That's and, not necessary. 
<laughs> well, I don't know why you're taking notes, but nobody's only, been taking notes during the help them build the map. Yeah, only for the sake of, it's, it was more for my own sake of like how early things it would become regular parts of the but show. That but. is part of it, yeah, and because he came in later on, he's going back to make the connection. Yeah, and I see, Mike, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't uh, didn't write down the first time you called in. You told us about it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and right. Somebody did do that recently, yeah. They were listening to the archives, and they came across it. <clears throat> Oh, and that's 2003? End of 2003? Yeah, the first show in December 2003, or maybe the second, the 9th, I think. So wait, what, yeah, did, quote, Mike, what did you say the date was? December 9th, 2003? Yeah. That's where he talked. Okay, that's what I have. I did, I did write that down. <laughs> okay, well, that's what you had said. That was good. Uh, Mike W., have you ever called into the best show? Uh, yeah, toward the end I called in a couple of times. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I only got the heave-ho once, but it was after, well, <clears throat> I was listening to Tom tell some story about, uh, what the hell was he talking about? Oh, like a story that he had told a half dozen times before uh, about how he, no, maybe he hadn't told it on on the show a bunch. You, you guys might be able to tell me, did he talk a number of times about losing his cool in line for, uh, that uh, a preview screening of that uh, Mars Attacks movie. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Okay. So, uh, see, I heard that. Yeah. I think that's a more than once topic. Yeah. That is a more than once thing. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I thought I heard it more than once, and he told this story like he was yelling at some dude who was on. Tom, I guess, earlier in the show was talking about Jay Z, and I called in. I don't remember what. Probably for a topic or something. I don't know if we ever got to it. Because uh, Tom started talking about that time in the line. And I, like, hung on there while he told the story for, like, ten minutes almost. And I'm just scared to death. You know, I'm, like, sweating and stuff. And then finally I, like, laughed at the... Oh, I know what happened. A couple of times he'd go, like, Hey, Mike, to AP Mike, of course, and I'd pretend that I thought he was talking to me, even though I knew he wasn't. And for whatever reason, he didn't hang up on me because of that, so I felt pretty confident. And then he got to the end of the story, and kind of like, uh, I, he kind of like, it got to like the punchline, and I just started laughing at what he said, and he's like, what are you laughing at? And then he hung up on me. So I, I hung in there all right. That was the first time I called, and then I called a couple other times. Holy sycophants. Well, the most recent time, it was, it was I called to talk about Ringo Starr with him, and that was kind of funny, because he started to bad company me, and then I told boring Beatles trivia, mm -hmm. and I told it so quickly that he he couldn't bad company me, so I avoided it. So I was, yeah, so I was kind of successful the times I called. Yeah. Make it yeah no, I mean, you'd be, you'd be a good caller. I mean, if you kept calling after the show. Holy sycophants. I don't, I don't know why people think if, if a call goes badly, it was a bad call. Oh, no, I agree with Those you. are like the funniest, some of the funniest moments of the show when, you know, a call goes bad. A good heave-ho, yeah. Yeah. And actually, one time I got heave hoed. I, uh, you know, shortly after I, I started call screening, I guess Tom was going through some personal stuff, and he just wanted to be there by himself for the show, you know. So I got the night off, 
so I was listening at home and I, I called in and I used like a voice <laughs> and as soon as I started he hung up on me you know it was like I didn't get a chance to get a word out you know edgewise you know it was, it was over <laughs> he didn't like my voice yeah you're no rich little Mike <laughs> but this voice was you know apparently it was good enough to set him off you know I went for like a deep baritone and you did not like <laughs> Mike, Sorry. were people call up and kind of complain to you that they were sad that they got hung up on? No, but I, I've heard people say that, you know, they they would they felt intimidated by them and that they wouldn't call because of that. That they were afraid they were going to get gomped. Oh, know? yeah, that's that reminds oh, me. When he did that to me when I called him to talk about Ringo Starr. He was like, he could tell that I was shaking. Like, I was pacing and shaking and stuff. I was, like, scared to death. And he could hear it in my voice, and he did that thing that he'll do where, like, uh, take a deep breath, take, you know, like, coach you through it and stuff. And then right after he told he was like, yeah. He's like, don't worry, Mike, you're not going anywhere. And then the bad company music fades up, and, which I didn't know until, like, later, you know, when I heard the call back. So you, can't, you couldn't hear it when you were on the phone? No, no, you, the caller couldn't hear it. Yeah, well, I remember one time I kept evading Say, saying guy. something, and then he called me on that. He says, oh, this is like Abbott and Costello, except Abbott keeps saying, no, baseball players have a lot of weird <laughs> names. And you say, what? <laughs> Frederick, Frederick, when was the last time you called? Oh, oh right at the end. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. And I, took, I remember you stopped calling, like. Yeah, I took, like, a, like a, a, a sabbatical, nine <laughs> months or so. Well, I call once in a blue moon, but yeah. I, you called toward the end, end, right? Like after the show was kind of announced that it was yeah, going to be Yeah, I, I right forget here. whether it was like the third or the fourth to the last one. Yeah, and you sounded pretty paranoid in that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> How did he sound paranoid? What were you talking about? Do you remember? Oh, let's see. Which one was that? No, that was fluoride was before that. I'm trying to think. Was fluoride that weird one where there wasn't like it wasn't live? It wasn't a live? No, it wasn't a live show. Like it was a weird pre-tape oh. thing. Oh. I remember because you said something pretty funny in that one. Uh, that was the one about 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 uh, the great clan rallies. Yeah, the great the great clan rally. Clan rally in the sky. Yeah, yeah that was no. pretty classic. <laughs> I don't know. I thought about once trying to compile them, but then I looked at the list. There's no way. Plus, when would I listen to them? So I decided right, to yeah. let it roll. I remixed like three or four calls very early on and sent them to Tom, and then my computer crashed. He's the only one that has copies of those. <laughs> he played one of them, part of it, and then he cut off the end. And then I know that he wanted me to say, hey, what happened? It got cut off, and he was going to cut me off, so I didn't mention that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it's always been like a little dance there. I like it. Funny yeah. to the James Brown movie yet? No, and how could that be any good? I, I haven't seen even the previews or commercials for it. Does it look good? Really good review. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. I the guy's performances were... Tremendous. And and they actually use James Brown music, although it's, I guess it's slightly 
I just read the uh, New Yorker review, which is, you know, pretty positive. You know, I mean, he has reservations about certain things, but, uh, hmm. you know, for the most part, they're using the real music, you know, so that's a good thing. And do they cover his whole life, or is it just a section? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the running time, it's almost two and a half hours, so it's, okay. uh, they, they don't go into the real horrors at the end, you know, but they, it's, it's not glossed over, you know, they say, you know, it's pretty, you know, honest about he wasn't such a great guy in his personal life, you know. Oh, so. okay. I didn't I think I just assumed See, I think I might have it conflated with that weird um, uh, Hendrix biopic that Andre 3000. That looks good too. But they don't use any Hendrix mu music in it. Oh, what, no. It's it's very expensive. How are they doing that? I don't know. I guess they haven't done good covers of uh, Wild Thing or something. I have no idea. But that was the the line I heard. Right. I read that on Pitchfork or something. I, I saw the trailer for that. I thought it was great. I thought I thought the guy looked really convincing as Hendrix. Yeah. I thought that he would look way too old, but he didn't. I thought he looked convincing. Yeah, he, like you said. Yeah. And apparently, what's his name is behind the uh, James Brown movie. Um, Mick Jagger was one of the producers. Oh, all right. well, he he secured the music rights. That was the big sticking issue. And yeah. Mick, Mick Jagger has more money and clout than right. <laughs> Bernie Ecclestone or God probably. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, and, yeah. And, and apparently there's a there's going to be a uh, Jagger's also financing a a documentary about James Brown, which should be good too. And the, what what happened with James Brown toward the end? He was just like kind of like a drug dude, drugged out dude. Yeah, he got mixed up with drugs. And... I think PCP actually. It, it was PCP. Yeah. And the thing that really set it off, he had a, a rental building. It was like a, a banquet hall type place, and he had a private office in his own bathroom. And there was a party going on, and he went there, and somebody used his private bathroom. And he was on PCP, and he went apeshit, and it was a whole thing. And then, was like a one of, uh, and he a he left. There was a police chase, and he was in a pickup truck, and he ended up in a ditch on the side of the road. And as as most things with PCP seem to always end up, they always seem to end up in a car, and they seem to drive a long way before they run into something very big. Uh, I, I had a, a friend whose cousin had this. I think like 60 mile car chase that went from the turnpike to the parkway to local roads. Probably ran into a house or something after driving like 60 miles, just crazed. After I think running a car off the road, that's what started the whole chase. Yeah, well, there used to be, I, I never got it, but a map where you could follow the uh, route that James used to try and escape the police. I was nice. going to do that because I think it was just up in Georgia. We talked about doing it for a weekend. It's a great celebrity race, like where you have to have vintage cars before 1985, <laughs> which is here that he drove it. Or no, pickup trucks. Only pickup trucks before 1985 or six, whatever year it happened. And you know, it's a race for charity. You know, so. They have to let it happen, right? Because, oh, we're doing this for autisms. So we're going to all do PP and drive like James Brown. Angel, angel dust for angels race. Yeah, there like you that. go. <laughs> Wait, who? What? That was, yes. And for he angels. supposedly shot up his wife's car. He shot bullets into the engine. Who, who are you guys talking Whoa. about? That's, that's James, James Brown. Brown. When he was out oh, of his mind. The Godfather oh, okay. of Soul. Yeah. But that, 
That's how you make the engine stop. You shoot it. You, you're from Florida. You should know that. If you can't find the key, just shoot it. It'll stop. What were you saying, Mike? I was just going to say, his music doesn't get old. I mean, you know, if I'm, you know, at a bar and play James Brown, everybody loves it. You know, it's like that music is not aging at all. You know, it's yeah, I would so, agree with that. So yeah. good, you know, I mean. So uh, good. So good. He got hey, you. They had the best bass players, you know, James Jamerson. Well, he, he, you know, come on. He worked those guys to death. I mean, he was a real tap yeah. guy, you know. But uh, it shows shows in the music. I mean, it's phenomenal. Well, and he didn't follow fads, though. I think that's the thing. If you stay to like the core of music, you don't age as much. Well, I think he did have some, you know, he went disco and stuff like that, and that stuff's not very well regarded. Well, yeah, the stuff that living in America, you know, that, yeah. well, which Rocky was that in? Because I'm not as big a fan as any of you guys of Rocky, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't really I don't Rocky one. Um, always as you know, the preacher in uh, of Rocky movie. You know, when he sings the old landmark, I like that. You know, when people are flying through the air and whatnot. Yeah, that was pretty fun. It was. I regret that I never saw him live. I mean, he used to play at uh, remember the Lone Star of all places. Lone Star Cafe. No, I never yeah. went, but I remember the ads. I, I I worked in a building right across the street from there and. He used to play there pretty regularly, and I, yeah, I should have, I should have, should have watched it. He was still in the '80s, somewhat dynamic on stage, you know. And did he tour till like his death? Yeah, he tried to keep it going. I, I don't. And know. it was like crazy how he had like a crazy life before he even reached stardom, because he was like jailed for some very minor infraction. Like uh, judges threw the book at him. He's been three three years in jail, and he got out because he wrote a letter to whoever a judge saying like, you know, I want to sing gospel music, and that's mm -hmm. what got him on the way to a recording contract eventually. I hate the uh, Michael Jackson whitewashing after he died, where everyone pretended he was not a uh, predacious uh, pedophile. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, doesn't that happen to everybody? Uh, Trouble. Duck butter? What? What'd you say? Just leading up to duck butter? What duck? Yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know exactly. I saw you said, yeah. Michael Jackson's kid friends is suing the estate, I guess, and he talked about all these sort of uh, code words for sex that Michael Jackson had with him. And one of them was duck butter, which apparently was a reference to a scene. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was also strange that, um, you know, before he died, everyone considered him this. Did I hear a duck sound effect? parts of their life and I, I mean I think what happened with him is people always wanted to like Michael Jackson because everybody likes Thriller you know and, and off the wall 
But it was hard to, you know, once he was dead, I almost thought it was like a celebration. Like, thank God that monster is out of the way, and we can go back to loving. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel that. I, I thought everyone was, you know. Starting something. Yeah. I just felt that everyone kind of it conveniently forgot all the horrible things he did, and it was just this a little weird. weird. But he wasn't weird. Prince, oh, what uh, Michael, Harrison, Prince, <laughs> Harris, Blanket. Ain't nothing strange about your daddy. A pedophile. I, uh, this is... But I mean, yeah. isn't it, is it, there's also a thing that he was, I don't know, I, he was never convicted of anything. Because of his wealth. Yeah, he was never convicted of anything because of his wealth. I mean, he would... Well, did you hear that story about... And that second, that's time he went to trial, the time that he actually went and it wasn't a civil, civil suit, that was a shaky as hell uh, set of circumstances that they had there that, that made no sense whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying I don't think that that guy had some problems with, right. when he was around kids or whatever, but the, the thing that they chose to pin him on, they just did a shitty job that time. Well, it that was happened. terrible. Well, did you hear about that British entertainer, Jimmy Seville? Yeah, and that guy seemed to not even have any true talent. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah, it's that's just that they're saying that there's this whole hierarchical thing, and it almost is starting to run parallel to the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah, well, what, what is this thing about, like, the BBC? Like, they're all these pedophiles. He, he did it for, like, 30 years or something. Yeah. yeah. And he used to go to the children's home, and he was such a popular entertainer and everybody covered up for him. Yeah, and that, the weirdest thing, it, it seems like it was some kind of weird open secret, too, because there's a, the guy who wrote that uh, novel, Train Spotting, he has a short story he where there was, like, a BBC presenter uh, uh, who had, uh, you know, with, you know, had something, some arrangement with, like, a children's home that included him having sex with dead bodies, and that stuff has been said about this Ugh. Seville dude, oh. and it's like, how did that guy who wrote Train Spotting know about this in the mid 90s like it had to have kind of been out there yeah, underground. wow you know what's what's really fucked up in the um in a prohibition documentary i watched uh the, the, the one of the women who was who was for prohibiting liquor um she was also for um raising the the legal age of consent it was it was seven in, in, in one state, and it was 10 in 22 other states. Wow. I mean, that's just like... You know what that's like? That's like what it is in the Middle East. Yeah. I, I mean, the Middle East is still... I mean, they have child brides and so forth. Yeah, and, and supposedly, you know, a good husband waits until she at least menstruates. Yeah. Yeah. But that's insane that you could, you could uh, in 1800s in the United States, you could, Mary like, a, a, a dude can, yeah, a dude can fuck, like, a 10-year-old as long as it's, quote-unquote, uh, consensual, it's legal. And, 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 and rape was also, um, uh, you know, there were very s small, uh, I mean, the punishment for rape was very, was, was very small. Like, you just had to pay a fine or something. Very, uh... <laughs> so this was around 1920 as well. This was around no, this was in the late 1800s. Oh, okay. I mean, because I mean, I mean, this documentary covers uh, how the uh, uh, 
the prohibitionist uh, movement started? It was, you know, it, it was it was weird because it was a um, the anti-slavery movement. So probably goes back to the 1840s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it started in this. Um, well, it seemed that they had good intentions, but it was. I mean, I mean, they they sort of. You know, use some brainwashing. I mean, I mean, they had uh, kids learn in school that like one drop of liquor will turn you crazy, and well, it still sounds like the marijuana thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, you're right, and that. that uh, Read from Madness but, movie, and we're not even supposed to call it marijuana. That was a derogatory name that they came up with to associate it with the Mexican. Well, what it was originally called? Cannabis. Hemp? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that marijuana came out at the same time, and I guess it was some really racist guy in the 40s or something made the connection, and they were worried about the blacks, you know, the blacks were smoking the marijuana and the Mexicans, mm -hmm. then put out crazy movies like Reefer Madness, the PR campaign, I guess, still isn't legal in most states. Yeah, right. And then prior to that, I guess they had made it that you had to have a license to grow it or sell it, and then they wouldn't give the license to anybody. Yeah, I'm not really for people doing drugs, but I think I think drug prohibition just uh, elevates crime. And I would say undoubtedly. Yeah, that was all uh, Hearst, William Randolph Hearst, with all the, the PR stuff against pot. Uh, it's because he he had huge stakes in uh, in forest land of uh, for paper to make pulp for paper for his newspapers. Yeah, and he wanted to eliminate the hemp trade, and he was also very heavily invested in Dupont, and they had just come up with nylon, and with the next you know possible world war, or he got to basically supply all the parachute cord in World War II, or mm -hmm. DuPont did, and he made an ass load of money off of that, too. Right. And, and all that stuff used to be done with hemp before that. And DuPont also uh, was part, benefited because the wood needed to be bleached more than the hemp, so you actually sold more chemicals. As well. Oh, yeah, they, they're a widespread chemical <laughs> concern. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think it's just bad to have any any drug uh, illegal because it just creates this black market which which fucks everything up. I mean, look at Mexico, it's just well, hellhole. And that's what William Burroughs said too, even about if you take out the top. He said the way this, it's all structured, it's a pyramid. You knock the top off and then two people are gonna fight to be the new one on the top because it's too lucrative a market. Nope, it's not gonna lay vacant. The demand is there, and the supply is there. Somebody's gonna make the connection and make a bunch of money doing it. Yeah. And whatever happened, wasn't it Ecuador, did I hear? They just legalized everything? Really? I think so, because they were tired of the drug war. And then another place just legalized uh, marijuana. But one of them, I think it was like Ecuador, it was down that way, and they legalized it. It has to have been about a year by now, because I was going to wait and see if things all went to hell or whether, uh, you know. The more organized well, crime dried up. Yeah, I mean marijuana obviously should be should be legal. Uh, when it comes to coke and heroin, uh, I don't know. But well, cigarettes and and alcohol are still. I mean, it doesn't make it that it's right, but I mean they are no, no, by no. far more destructive and addictive. 
Yeah, I, I think when you make it illegal, it makes it more alluring. And you've got all these like crime elements that are involved now in the in, in, in the in the sale of, of these drugs. I mean, pain and heroin over the counter would work. I mean, how would that? I, I, I don't know how that would work. I'm gonna say goodnight, fellas. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it is after eleven. Thanks for being here, Mike. Good night, Mike. Hey, good night. Hey, Channy Lazy Monk. <laughs> hey. Oh, it's happening. It's fine now. Yeah. You know, I, 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 like, I'm not, I, I drank, I drunk uh, like 240s, but I don't feel really drunk at all. But I feel like yelling at people at this moment. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to get going. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I, Me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys. Huh? I won't be here next week. You won't be here next week. What are we going to do? I don't know. Why do you edit these things? I mean, no one listens to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, you idiot. Oh, how could you say that? All right, guys, I'm out. I'll talk to you. All right. All right, bye. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.